0: You're listening to The Namely Marley Podcast, episode number 30. Hey everyone, and welcome to The Namely Marley Podcast. I'm your host, Marley. The goal of this podcast is to focus on adding a little creative, healthy, and passion-filled living to your day every day. Today, I'm sitting with the window open, so I'm hoping the sounds of the birds chirping outside is not distracting, but it's a beautiful spring day here in Kansas City, and uh, I thought maybe you might enjoy hearing that in the background. Today, I'm talking with Tess Chalice. She's a vegan chef, wellness coach, and author of several vegan cookbooks, including her latest one, which is called Food Love. Do you ever feel confused about the right way to eat? I think there's so many opinions out there that sometimes it gets a little old, doesn't it? I love Tessa's approach towards a more mindful way of eating. It's not about dieting, as she says. It's really more about understanding that we are whole beings and that there is more to us than just counting every calorie that goes into our mouth. It's really more about understanding who we are as a person and uh, learning just to, you know, like, like she says, to be more mindful about the way we eat food. And she actually even points out that, you know, if we really listen to our body, like let's say we're eating a bar of chocolate. Um, if you really listen to your body, you you really love the first few bites. And then after that, it's it's not so much as uh, as much of an interesting thing. And so her point being that we really like the part that's good for us. And then beyond that is just like habit that we keep eating. I talked to somebody recently who told me that she wants to eat only the food that she loves. And I really liked this. I thought it sounded very intriguing. So uh, like I always do, I thought about it for a while. And it dawned on me that, you know, food can kind of be like a lover, you know, like, you know how you really are into somebody or you you know, you've loved somebody and they don't love you back. It's not healthy. And then after you've been hurt a few times, you vow to only love those people who love you back. I think food can be like this too. Yes, we need to love the food that we eat, but it's gotta be a two-way street. That food that we love needs to love us back. So I for me, that makes me really... Um, into the foods that make me feel good. So it's taken some time to really take a step back and understand which foods that I eat that really make me feel good. And then if I just follow that instinct, I'm really drawn to those foods. So of course I love sweets, but um, on a given day, if I'm thinking about what I eat and what I wanna feel good about, um, then oftentimes I'll grab that piece of fruit and then save the, the sweets for you know, special occasions, which is I think the way they should be. So, that's some of what Tess and I are talking about today, and I'm really excited to share this interview with you. So, let's get straight to it. Here's today's feature interview with Tess Chalice. Hey everyone, I'm happy to have Tess Chalice, who's author of the site by the same name and the new cookbook, Food Love. Tess, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Marley.
0: Well, I am really looking forward to talking to you today, Uh, you know, particularly about your book, Food Love, but, you know, lots of stuff just, you know, we're two vegans. We have lots to talk about, right?
1: Oh, my gosh. We could talk for five hours.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes, I hope so. I hope so in person as well. Me too. But I was wondering if you could start out with just a little bit of background, you know, maybe we could just start out with you describing what it is that caused you to start your blog.
1: Um, goodness, my blog. Well, that was just, I mean, I just love sharing healthy vegan food with people that also happens to be delicious. So I just wanted to have a place to share that where people could find recipes that they could really count on. And so, a big part of what inspires me is the fact that when I went vegan 25 years ago, I really struggled with recipes that didn't turn out. So I kind of Mm. vowed back then that I would someday create recipes for people that they could really count on. And you know, even if they weren't, they didn't know what how to make something delicious. The recipe would take care of that, so they could trust trust the recipes, and they would be delicious every time. So that was a that's always been a big motivation for me recipes that can be followed. Yeah.
0: I love that goal, because I think there's a lot of people that have this misconception that vegan is just, you know, equals gross. (laughs) Uh,
1: No, I could talk for an hour about that very subject. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. My food is very flavor forward. And so I think a lot of times people are just surprised because they're like, wow, this is so flavorful. And it's more flavorful than the stuff they're used to eating, even, you know, not vegan. Yes.
0: Exactly. And I can't tell you how many people who come over to my house that, you know, they'll have dinner with us and they'll say, this is vegan. If I could eat like this, right. I would eat this every day.
1: day. That's not the best thing to hear. I love that's That's like my favorite. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Music to my ears. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So t- talk about your decision to go vegan 20, 25 years ago. What was it? What caused that? To, you know, what was the reason behind that?
1: Well, in 1990, I went vegetarian, um, starting with just like a two-week stint saying, okay, I've got to do this because I'm a hypocrite. I don't believe in killing animals, but I'm doing it in, in a, you know, indirectly by eating them. So I, I went vegetarian in 1990, and then about a year later, I had a roommate who was vegan, and I still remember—I remember exactly this moment looking at her thinking, my God, she's so healthy looking. How is that possible to, because she's vegan? Like back then, it was just like, you just had no clue. Like now I'm like, well, of course you look amazing. You're vegan. But back then it was like, how does she look so great? She's vegan. So knowing her and then reading some literature by actually by Dr. John McDougall, which really alleviated my fears around getting enough nutrition as a vegan. And so, again, it was really a matter of trying to live in accordance with my principles and even though it was it was hard though because i really love food and back then there was no there was no miyoko's cheese there was no daya cheese there was no earth balance yes. or you know any like there was no guardian chicken nuggets or guardian fish fillets so you know i yes. had to give up those familiar flavors and so i feel like becoming vegan now is so much easier because you don't have to give up the familiar flavors like like I did, like I did, and yes. you know, back then. So.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I was listening to the Daily Show when Jon Stewart was on it, and he, I think he had. Oh my God, who is the guy that's with um, Farm Sanctuary? Gene Bauer. Gene
1: Bauer. Yep.
0: Yes. Dean Bauer was on the show and, and actually John Stewart said he, he thought that veganism would become mainstream once it became convenient. And I wanted to go, what are you talking about? It is so convenient. Uh, uh,
1: right. Oh my gosh, it's so convenient. Yes. I, wow. Yes. Like they have no reference point to
0: how to to Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah. Because yeah, like you say, I mean, going vegan then probably meant giving up pizza, right? Because I mean, how could you have vegan yeah. mozzarella then?
1: Oh, no, it was like pizza was saying hold the cheese. And you were so yes. excited if some crappy pizza place just gave you some dough with red sauce and vegetables on it and didn't put cheese on it. And now it's like, I wouldn't even want to eat that. It's like that, <laughs> you know, like the pizza I made with Miyoko's mozzarella was like so good. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I could eat five of these pizzas, but I'll restrain myself. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just now. It's very easy
0: comparatively. Okay, so, used. you know, yeah. I know this is a question on everybody's mind. And so I like to just get it out there right away. You know, you're vegan. So the next question I'm, and you're out on the street and you tell somebody you're vegan, they're going to ask you this question What do you eat? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, what don't I eat? My God. I mean, you know, I remember though, Marley, asking that question to my vegan friends back in yes. 1990. I and, mm-hmm. and I, right? And so I remember asking yeah. them and they just looked at me like, Well, I eat the same stuff as you. But it didn't really click. And I don't think it does click for people until they experience it. And so I can sit here and tell you what I eat. But until you start eating all of the amazing food, you're not going to totally get it. Um, But what's cool is that, I mean, there's so much. And here's one thing I will say. Um, For me, the thing that really clicked when I, after maybe a couple of months of going vegan, what really, like, hit me was that, I was enjoying food that I, like a whole new world of food was opening up to me that never existed before. And I was, I had so many people tell me this who are fans of my cookbooks. They're like, I thought it it would be limiting to go vegan. But now I see that I was so limited before going vegan because I was eating really, right? And I was eating all these boring things. And now I'm eating Thai food and Ethiopian and. You know, Japanese food and Indian food, and there's like so many amazing, beautiful flavors out there. That, so I eat a lot of, I I do a lot of Thai, Mexican. I try to be healthy for the most part. Sometimes I do Indian, which is a little richer, but um, you know, there's a huge variety.
0: Well, it's interesting to hear you talk because you know, have you heard people talk about the microbiome and they'll say things like. Um, the foods that you eat are basically a result of your microbiome. Like you may end up craving. If you eat a lot of sweets, then you crave. Your, your microbiome actually causes you to crave a lot of sweets. Hmm. So, hmm. yeah, it's, it's been, an I've interesting theory. That, to you
1: that way, but I think that it's true that what you eat is what you crave. And I talk yes. to my um, group w- about that a lot. Is you know, the healthier you eat, the healthier you crave. I know that's true for me. If I'm out traveling and eating sugar, I'm gonna start craving it. So. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. You know, what we eat. that's what we crave, and that can change for sure.
0: I think what you're, you know, when you were just talking, it made me realize, I, I think our tongue is the same way, like our, the taste buds, like, like you say, like, I, I hated tomatoes my whole life, and it was probably five years into being vegan before I tried another one, and now I just love them. I eat them all mm. the time.
1: Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah, I used to, there's things I used to hate that I now love. So, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's interesting, but I find that a lot with people that I coach, um, you know, like my wellness clients and my group, and it's like, they really can see this trend where when they start cleaning up their diet and eating better, then they actually start craving healthier foods, and, you know, the, and then it's like, you may have had this experience too, Marley, um, you know, when people flip up, You know, they try to go vegan or vegetarian, and then they slip up and eat something, and they feel like this big fat failure, but really, it's like, I always encourage them, hey, learn something from this, and a lot of the time, it could be like a necessary part of them giving it up completely, so for me... It was part of me being able to finally let go of animal products because I would, you know, after doing it for a while, I slipped and ate something and then I was like, whoa, this tastes completely different to me now. I don't like the taste of chicken anymore. I don't like the taste of fish. I don't like the taste of cheese. Things that I thought I could never give up if I stopped eating them for a little while and then ate them again. I was like, wow, okay, this tastes totally different now.
0: Milk chocolate is a great example. I thought I I had a really hard time giving up milk chocolate. And then now that I've switched to dark, whenever I have milk, it just tastes, uh, the milk chocolate tastes sour. It's a strange flavor.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, I don't even like the, I mean, yeah, I I completely agree. I've tasted the, I know there's like all kinds of vegan milk chocolates out there, and I don't even like them. I just go for the dark (laughs) because that's
0: what I'm used to. I know, it's so much better anyway, right? Yes, yes. But I also understand from someone's perspective, if they're new to veganism, there's a lot of um, social situations that you can be in that makes it hard. Like you feel like you're the person that's, you know, the difficult one to feed and that can get old sometimes.
1: Yeah, I haven't. I haven't had that problem in a while. I can totally understand how people would feel that way. I think. Um, I think just being as gracious as you can yes. and not yeah. expecting special treatment and not being, you know, I want I want vegans to have a positive rap. I don't I want it's right. You don't want people out like, well, I need this and I need that. Go take some great food to people when you go and don't be a pain. If you really there's not going to be food for you there, then eat before you go. You yeah. know, so really be as gracious as you can is my opinion on that. And, you know, if I'm going somewhere and I don't think there's going to be good food to eat, I don't, you know, I just take something to share and then I'm like, I'm good. I've, I've already eaten and I'm not like asking them to make me anything special. So,
0: oh, um, Tess, that is such yeah. a great thing to say. It segues perfectly into my next question, oh, which good. is, Okay. If people have to take something to uh, an event, then I think they need to look at your book, which is Food Love. Can you talk a little bit about your book and, like, you know, some of the recipes people can expect to find in there?
1: Oh, yes, My Newest Baby. That is my fifth cookbook (laughs) that was just released about a week ago, I think. And, yeah, I think it's really important to take, like, crazy delicious food especially to people who aren't used to eating vegan. And then, I mean, yeah. honestly, I know this wasn't your question, but for me, that has been my biggest method of activism over the last two decades is feeding people really good food. Because what's yeah. going to make people want to do it more than, like, their, like that pleasure of eating great food that just happens to be also ethical and good for their bodies. It's like, oh, my gosh, why wouldn't I want to eat this way? So... <sighs> I get very excited. And this is, again, this is why I call this is about, you know, this is my book is Food Love because it's all about the love. And food love is a way of just showing that enthusiasm and love and joyfulness around food. You know, food can be such an incredibly joyful thing when it tastes, when you're eating something that tastes better than anything you've had before and it also nourishes your body and it's great for the environment and it doesn't cause animal suffering. It's like why, where, where, you know, why wouldn't you want to eat that? So, for nice. me, it, it's a celebration and food should be a celebration and it should always be delicious. It should also be nutritious and vegan happens to be in alignment with that as well and so you know the book is and it's also about um, the book is also about nourishing yourself taking care of yourself even if you're a mom or, or a dad and you have a family it's about how to You know, nourish yourself on all levels, and this is how I tend to approach all of my cookbooks and all of my programs and things that I do. I'm very holistic-minded, so to me, it's important to factor in loving yourself and caring for yourself and taking care of yourself and having tools to do that. So that's part of the book as well. Um, And the book is also, additionally, um, you know, a big part of the book um, and, and a big part of the food love is my daughter who will be 13 in a couple of days, and she's been vegan mm. all her life, Little Peanut, mm. <laughs> and so she's also all throughout the book and helps to test a lot of the recipes, and so it's a very family-friendly book, but a lot of people who don't even have kids or anything also like the book as well, just because the recipes are enjoyable for, I would, you know, kind of for anyone, but there's also a family element in there as well. I so, love that.
0: So you, did you say you, she actually helped with some of the recipes? She did. That
1: kid's got a palate. Yeah, she's a great little chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And that whole idea of cooking together as a family, I think, is so important to get kids in the kitchen and and have them, you know, trying and experimenting with you is so important.
1: Oh my goodness! Yes, I actually just did an interview yesterday, and that was a big part of what we talked about was how important it is to get kids in the kitchen because it gives them that food love and it gives them that joyfulness of creating healthy, delicious food. And you know, there's just there's just nothing like it. It's such a precious thing. So yeah, I love it. And, yes. and kids and kids love eating healthy food, even if they don't think they do. They do. I mean, kid. I've always found that kids love to cook and part of that. It's a joyful thing for them.
0: Well, and I think there's so many ways to take um, recipes that, you know, maybe you might think of your kids wanting mac and cheese or these kind of more comfort foods, but there's so many ways to turn that into something that's really healthy. Oh,
1: for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like there's a recipe in the book called supercharged mac and cheese, and it's got healthy things in it. It's not just, you know, white pasta with cheese. It's got like nutrients, nutrient dense things in there.
0: Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> Supercharged <laughs> mac you. and cheese. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. who doesn't want a comforting bowl of mac and cheese? It's, I don't know. I just have a thing for that. It's just good stuff. Right?
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. And I think, I don't know, I think it's easy for a lot of people to either, you know, make that sound like it's too hard to make it a vegan, but it's really not that hard, um, you know, to make the cheese sauce and then and throw that over some finished mac. I, I just think a lot of vegan meals are so easy to put together. And, and then as you point out, they're nourishing too. So it's so much better. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And yeah, I think, things are difficult when we don't understand them so to some people vegan food can sound foreign um and so it's just a matter of going you know what yeah i'm going to try something new and once you start doing it you realize that that's a big part of what drives me marley is just getting people comfortable in their kitchen so that they don't feel intimidated to cook good food so that they, they can go oh i can do this i can do this And yeah, that's, that's so important because you can do this. Everyone listens to this. You absolutely, no matter what you, what story you have told yourself, you absolutely can be a whiz in the kitchen. And it's just, you know, maybe you've had experiences that have made you believe otherwise up until now, but you absolutely can do it. Everyone can do it. You
0: know, I know that's true because I went through a period in my life where I hated being in the kitchen. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I think it felt like overly domestic to me. I wanted to be, you know, in charge and, and strong and to me mm, the kitchen yeah. felt the opposite of that but the more I learned you know being in the kitchen and um, it's I talked with um, Julie Payette. she's uh, rituals wife and she's mm-hmm. done the, the book The Plant Powered Hard Way and she was talking about how the kitchen is really like in a lot of Uh, ancient literature the kitchen is like the soul of the home and oh yeah it's it's a very purposeful thing to cook food for other people so I don't know I just got I think I also think it's very creative it's like art it's a combination of art and science cooking it really
1: is it is yeah I don't know how much science I put into I probably you know I know some people are very (laughs) scientific um but I'm more art and intuitive so but it's definitely the soul of our home
0: but you're intuitive based on the things that, that yes. you know from cooking, right? So you, yes. you that, that's kind of the science. Of Lots it. of
1: failure is my science. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lots of failure. And that's, you know, this seems like to me, this seems so obvious that I don't always point it out, but it's like, I've had lots of failures in the kitchen and I think people need to be reminded of that it's like I've written five cookbooks and I don't always make something great in the kitchen there's plenty of times where I'm like "Eh, that wasn't that good so I mean you know I think that we have to remember that everybody makes mistakes everybody fails and if you're failing it means you're trying so don't let that get in the way of continuing to work at being a good cook
0: does, yeah, I, case in point, I was working the other day on a recipe to try to make um, a cake that has a little, you know less sugar in it, and mm-hmm. you know I, I think I just I took it back a little too far. <laughs> it was right. it was a nice firm cake, but it just wasn't <laughs> quite good.
1: <laughs> exactly, and it's like people yeah. need to know that because we yeah. screw up all the time.
0: Yeah, it's, exactly. You're trying. That's right. So, you know, one of the things we talked about before the interview started, which was, which is a topic I think is of interest to people. I think some people will choose a vegan diet because um, they think it's just an easy solution to lose weight. And I just think, you know, that's a a topic that I think is important to a lot of people. And I'm just curious Mm -hmm. if you can, I think you've got a really unique perspective and uh, some great advice. I was curious if you could talk a little bit from the perspective of veganism and weight loss. Oh,
1: you don't even know, Marley. I don't even know if you know how much of an interesting perspective I have on it. Um, but I will tell you, and I will tell our listeners. I actually went. So I went vegan in, in, uh, 25 years ago. Um, I was a healthy vegan for a little while, and then I became an obese vegan, and I was an obese vegan for most of my 20s. Um, so I know how to gain weight. So being vegan doesn't necessarily mean you'll have a healthy right. weight. Um, yes. And I'm gonna, and I don't want to bash anybody, but I will say that that my opinion is that the extreme diets do not work, and they're not psychologically healthy um, for a lot of people. So what I was trying to do was be really strict and follow a fat-free, a popular fat-free diet. Um, mm. And by trying to be perfect and follow this plan, I started to become an extremist, and I vilified mm. all fat. And as a result, I just started binging. Uh, you know, I would be good and then I when I couldn't be good anymore then I would be bad and this is how mm. you know we think as as right. people with an eating disorder or you know uh, compulsive overeaters so you know, enough of that, I did not have balance. And I just, there was no way for me to eat chocolate or anything fried or anything with fat in it and feel like it was okay. So anytime I did that, I was bad. And so I created this really unhealthy cycle that I continued for most of my 20s um, until I became really very overweight. Um, for me, you know, it was on a BMI scale, I was obese. And so, mm-hmm. to lose the weight, um, what happened was I started to eat in balance, and I said, you know, okay, reality here. Let's have a reality check. I am not. I want to eat chocolate. I want to eat fried food sometime. Sometimes I want to have a little. You know, for me, having a salad with no fat is not enjoyable. You know, I wasn't allowing myself to have these pleasures of food. Um, it was never okay. You know, I was like, I was only okay if I was eating something completely devoid of, you know, fat and salt and all that. So I allowed these foods back into my life. The foods that i really enjoyed that I now think of as like totally healthy foods, and then my weight started to fall off. So huh. as a result of that, I actually created a color-coded system that I use in all my cookbooks. I use it in my um, Be Radiant program and. You know, it's a a way of of eating in balance and emphasizing the right foods. Also knowing that it's okay to have treats sometimes, you just have to do it in moderation. So it's really about balance. And so that to me is very joyful because I don't think it works for most people to just say, don't ever do this again. Because if I tell you guys, hey, don't ever eat chocolate again, it's bad for you, what are you going to binge on the rest of the day? I mean, really, yes. <laughs> like you're going to be this perfect no chocolate eater tomorrow, but today you're going to eat all the chocolate. So it's just, it doesn't work.
0: I just, yeah. you know. I love that actually, because I feel like sometimes in the vegan movement, there are some people who are like that. It's kind of a judgmental approach towards, you know, what oh, yeah. we should and shouldn't be eating. And I agree. I think it kind of has a tendency to vilify certain foods and you feel guilty for eating them. And yes. I don't know, it's,
1: yeah, and it it's doesn't work. Not and so healthy. I work, I work a lot with You know, my wellness clients and my Radiant ladies, I work with them a lot on this stuff, and many of them have come from those systems as well and have finally started losing weight because they kind of follow what I suggested about, like, stop vilifying, stop the guilt, stop you know, stop trying to be so extreme and just let's work with reality here and find some balance. And that hmm. that has helped them a lot. And, you know, honestly, I've gotten letters from women saying that they, they've had to check themselves into eating disorder clinics because they've tried to follow those programs. So wow. I'm not really a fan. I know that it works for some people, but when you try to be too perfect and too strict and say, well, if you're not doing this, you're just bad, I just don't yeah. think that works. I think it can create a lot of, you know, damage
0: can do some damage, yeah, that whole perfectionism thing is just fraught with those kinds of issues, and it is and like you say mm-hmm. it's, it I don't think it's a healthy mindset
1: no, I' don't, it didn't work for me, that's for sure, yeah, I'm just so grateful that I figured that out finally
0: I bet i yeah, that feels really good too it makes you feel like you're in control, right mm mm-hmm. no more
1: fear, yeah no, no more fear like, like no more that. being totally afraid of food, yeah,
0: yeah, that's really good. it sounds like a really uh it's like a mindful approach to eating
1: mm-hmm Absolutely. Well you
0: use the word holistic. I like that too.
1: Thank you. And part of part of being holistic is, is the mindfulness. And so that's what I tell my people. I'm like, if you're gonna eat something, pay attention to it. Focus don't don't just um, tune out and shove it down your face. Like, you know, eat it and actually pay attention to what you're eating in the moment. Allow yourself that pleasure, you know, ditch the guilt. And when people start doing that, it actually makes them wanna eat less naturally Mm. so i think that's really important that mindfulness and just allowing ourselves to have that pleasure of eating without the guilt because just creates a healthier cycle
0: yeah it's interesting that you say that because i interviewed dr michelle may who has a a mindful eating a book on mindful eating and she talked about how people will say they love food and that's why they can't stop eating but Mm -hmm. she what her point was Mm -hmm. like when you love something you give your full attention to it And how often are we eating and we've got 3,000 other things going on?
1: Oh, yeah. And I remember I I had one client who we were talking on the phone and she's like, she was was still coming out. This was when I first started working with her and she was still in that mode of feeling guilty about anything that had any fat in it. And so my, my recipes are blue, green and purple, sorry, green, blue and purple, the green ones you can eat as much as you want the blue ones are a little richer purple are very rich for special occasions um, and so she mm-hmm. was eating this blue She had made this blue recipe for her kids, so it's, in her mind this was something she shouldn't be eating um, and so she made it for her kids, and then she just scarfed down two big bowls of it and so mm-hmm. she was feeling guilty about this and we talked about it and what we discovered was that I said well what would have happened if you said it's a hundred percent fine for me to desire to eat this and I'm gonna enjoy every bite I was like, how would that have been different? And she's like, I would have probably eaten a quarter of what I ate and I would have enjoyed it a lot more. I was like, there you go. <laughs> right? There you go. Yes. Because you would have enjoyed it and then you would have been able to stop. Because I don't know if you've noticed this, Marley, but I really feel like when we're eating something, let's say it's like a bar of chocolate. If you're really being mindful and enjoying it and like allowing yourself that pleasure, the, the pleasure of that chocolate goes away after a little while. And you don't yes. even really enjoy it anymore. So I think oh it's actually God. kind of beautiful and cool that we actually enjoy the amount that is good for us. And after that, we, the joyfulness is gone. So it's like, if you're really enjoying your food all the time. It's it's like, you're probably doing pretty well.
0: It's kind of cool, That's I think. Really, it's such a great point too. And what I find too is like, um, sometimes when I enjoy it, it's like, in my head, I want more. But, mm-hmm. but my body doesn't because I know like, you know, 30 minutes after eating that, I'm going to feel miserable, you know?
1: (laughs) Right, 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 right. And so, and we're not going to really enjoy it at that point.
0: Yes. So if you eat just a few bites, it seems like that's the part that I really enjoy a lot. And then if I can have the, is it self-control or the mindfulness to uh, put the fork down and and do other Mm -hmm. things? I, I am so content at that point.
1: Right. I know. That's a wonderful, I love that you get that. I mean, I think it's a really important point. And it's just that ability to be be present with your food, just yeah. to be present and aware. And then things come from that. I mean, if you do nothing else, just be present with your food.
0: Yes, I I love that. And I also like what you just said. What is it? What is the words that you said to your client? Uh, if you give yourself the permission to eat it? Is that what you said? Yeah,
1: I think I just said, what if you would have just given yourself permission and ditched the guilt and said, I'm going to enjoy every bite? What would you, how would it have been different?
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to have that tattooed on my wrist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we all
0: could use I love that advice.
1: Bed. Isn't that good? And it just, I mean, it was a turning point for her and further validation that we don't really screw up. We just have experiences to learn from. So, you know, she took that forward and was like, okay, I'm not going to be feel guilty about food anymore. And she doesn't, binge when she eats you know my blue recipes anymore she's just like it's okay i'm just gonna you know i'm gonna enjoy it and i'm not gonna feel bad about it yeah so yeah
0: and if i want more i can have a few more i can have some more tomorrow because it's still going to be there yeah
1: exactly yeah that's that was a key thing for me to learn too because i stopped saying i'm bad if i eat this then it's uh, then it's okay to eat it tomorrow then i stopped that whole mental thing of well tomorrow i'll be perfect because too many of us do that and that's very dangerous
0: I totally agree. I try to do that mm-hmm. with desserts because what I'll try to tell myself is like, you know, we've got some vegan ice cream in the fridge and I love this vegan ice cream. But what I'm, you know, I try to do is like, you're going to save that for the weekend. So when it will be, re- it'll feel more special to me that way. And I love that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. But. Having, yeah, just having that little bit of, yeah, that's a balanced approach. I think that's good.
0: Yeah. Okay, so uh, tell us what's coming up next for you. Anything that you can share? Any new books on the horizon, or?
1: <laughs> I'm just enjoying my newborn right now, so I don't I know. I'm sure there'll be another book. I always say I'm not going to write any more books, but I always write another <laughs> one. So I was like, okay, I'll write another one. But yeah, I don't have any idea of um, a new book right now. I'm I'm very focused on. Um, I have a like I mentioned, I think a little bit. I have a group called Be Radiant that I put a lot of energy into, and um, I just I love it because. I feel like it gives women the tools that they need to lose weight in a truly healthy way and yeah. there's a lot of community support and I offer menu plans and recipes and shopping lists and twice weekly phone calls and so there's just and daily emails and community wow. with, with the Facebook groups, there's a lot of support, and it's very focused on the whole person. So there's there's the nutritional element, but there's also the mindfulness and the awareness and uh, you know, getting women to focus on what they are doing right, focus on the positives. And and I just, I, I'm a big believer in that, Marley, because I think that we have to look at things from, because we are a yeah. whole person, we're not just our bodies, and so it's important to, to honor all parts of ourselves. So... So that is, so that's one thing I'm focused on is my Be Radiant group. And, you know, that's, that you can peek at on my website and, um, and then, you know, just, just, uh, I'm just kind of recovering from my trip to California and going to Expo West. So I'm sure more fun ideas will pop up into my head very soon about what I want to work on but yeah I'm just kind of working on I'm actually working on a giveaway right now um, with my 10 favorites from Expo West and they're going to donate prizes and so that'll be really fun and uh, I got the idea because people were so excited to get um, their copies of Food Love that they were posting pictures of recipes and of themselves with the book and I was like I should do a giveaway with you know for people that are doing this to thank them for sharing about their love for food love so that's going to be the giveaway and it'll probably be posted in about a week or two so and that'll be on my website and yeah i'll
0: leave a link to your site and to the Beaver radiant program on the show notes page so people can check that out oh thank you so here we are at the end of the interview and I've just got a couple of fun quick questions for you. What's one food item you can't live without?
1: Oh, I'd say spring rolls, Marley, because it's like the fresh the fresh rolls. I'm a little yes. obsessed with those. I eat them almost every day. And I have like twenty thousand varieties of them and I put them in all my cookbooks. So yeah,
0: I'm obsessed. Uh, yeah. And they're so healthy too, yeah.
1: They're healthy and they're like this fun little treat that's good for you. Yeah. It's like a party and a wrap.
0: It sounds really good. I love <laughs> yeah. spring rolls. It's great. Uh, yum. <laughs> Do you have a favorite workout that you do?
1: Oh gosh, I'm, you know, honest. I'm all about honesty. I'm, I'm, I really should exercise more, but I would say in all honesty, yo I love yoga and I should yeah. probably get other exercise in more, but I, yeah, I like yoga. It makes me feel good. So I would say oh yoga. Yeah. yeah.
0: And the stretching part of that is so important. Mm-hmm. That's
1: makes, yeah. <laughs> bodies love that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what inspires you?
1: Oh, wow. What doesn't inspire me? I guess I really feel, I feel really inspired when I I notice that something that I'm doing is helping someone else. Um, whether it's getting someone excited to eat better or, wow, this is helping me to lose weight and I didn't think I could and I'm doing it in a way that feels really joyful um, or fitting someone something and making them go, wow, I can't believe this is vegan. Like just getting someone, you know, seeing that. I think that's why a lot of us do, you know, love our work and love the vegan world of, of um, work is because we see those positive changes in other people that we were blessed enough to have a part of. And, you know, that keeps that's been what's been keeping me going with us for a long time anyway. But yeah, that definitely my people inspire me.
0: That's beautiful. I love it. So how can people find you online?
1: Yeah, so I just recently, um, I used to be Radiant Health Inner Wealth, but it's easier now, I just felt like it'd be easier for people to kind of find me under all one name. So I'm just me, I'm Tess Chalice, so you can go to TessChalice.com, and if you go down to the bottom, it'll show my Facebook and Instagram and all of those other links, Twitter and all that, and I'm just pretty much just Tess Chalice everywhere. On Facebook, my fan page is Chalice, um, blah, blah, blah. I think it's vegan author, chef, wellness coach. So, but you can just re, you know, access all of that just through my website.
0: Wonderful. Tess, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I had a great time.
1: Oh, it was such a blast Marley. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks to Tess Chalice for being my guest on today's episode of the Namely Marley podcast. If you'd like more information about today's show, just head over to the show notes page at namelymarley.com Podcast. Tune in next time as I talk to Jasmine Singer. She's a writer and activist and author of the memoir "Always Too Much and Never Enough." I am really looking forward to sharing this episode with you. So tune in soon. I hope you're loving the Namely Marley podcast. If so, there are a couple of ways you can help support the show. You can head over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave a review. This really makes a big difference. You can also share this episode with your friends and family on social media. And you can share about this on your blog or podcast as well. All of these are really helpful and greatly appreciated. So until next time, may health and happiness come your way today.